You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Uh, the Indians didn't play today, but there's still some games we need to look into. We're going to do some uh, look at some of the numbers this year, go a little deeper into Yasiel Puig and his production, and... A few tweets still had people telling me that uh, Yandy Diaz wasn't that good, which kind of boggled my mind. So we're going we're gonna to dive into Yandy, who has missed a lot of time with injury this year, but still go into his levels of production and uh, how he is quite good. Uh, I, I don't understand how people could uh, still have that point of view after how well he had played um, when healthy. We're also going to look at the Twins and some long-term ramifications for that team. So tonight, uh, a lot of teams that matter to the Indians were playing. The Washington Nationals, the Minnesota Twins, the Oakland Athletics, the Detroit Tigers. Uh, I'm kidding. It, it was a big game for the National League wild card because the Nationals, the Brewers, and the Cubs were all playing. And what is probably the worst-case scenario for the Indians, the Nationals lost and the Brewers and Cubs both won. Now what this means is the Cubs are, I don't think this is updated yet, uh, the Cubs, I believe, are now half a game back of the Nationals, and the Brewers are one game back of the Nationals as well. So, And they're half a game back of the... I've messed this all up. So the Nationals have the lead. I believe the Cubs are half a game back from the Nationals. The Brewers are half a game back from the Cubs and one game back from the Nationals. Nationals are 4-6 and six in their last 10. They're struggling. Uh, the Cubs have been struggling, 5-5 five and five in the last 10, but they're on a four-game winning streak. And the Brewers are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. So the Nationals have a lot to play for. Um, not what we wanted for that final week of the season if you are a Cleveland Indians fan. Is, there wasn't really any good news for the Indians today in terms of games. Uh, okay, so the reason that isn't updated is this Reds-Cubs game just refuses to end. I had assumed it'd be done by now. The Oakland Athletics... Uh, am I seeing this right? Uh, they're currently winning, but there is a chance for them to lose that game. Uh, that's why I was like, wait, am I seeing this right? Because the uh, the Athletics are currently up four to two, and starting for them is Tanner Rourke. And as I look at them, it's a bases loaded situation. Uh, he'll probably get out of it. It's two outs against the Royals, but still, uh, if all things hold, Oakland's lead in the Central will go up over the Indians at least to two games. I'm sorry, over the Rays to two games, over the Indians to three and a half. Again, at this point, I I don't even consider them in the race. It's Rays versus Indians, and the Rays didn't play tonight either. So that uh, that situation stays the same with the Indians being a game and a half back. Twins won, so that gets up to five games if anyone was harboring any hope. Speaking of the Twins, let's spend some time talking about this team. Um... I always find sports track interesting. The one downside to using sports track for data, uh, specifically salary data, is it's, you know, they list the Twins as having a payroll of $38 million next year. Well, that's that's not including any of the arbitration. So if a player is slotted to be, like, arbitration 
you know, six or whatever the end payoff is. Like, for instance, um, Francisco Lindor doesn't wouldn't be counted into the Indians total until they know exactly what he makes. They're not gonna in the habit of guesswork. So when someone like Lindor is gonna be costing a team like nineteen million next year, not representing him is a is a pretty big shift in a uh, the payroll table. The like for instance the Indians are looking at a seventy nine million dollar payroll for next year. This year, um, they spent about 121. Uh, that is not counting money they received from other teams, though, which should be taken into account. But their overall salary is about 121,000, which is just three million less than the Twins. But when I bop back over to that Twins team, it gets really interesting because. Uh, you go through their offensive side of things. Jason Castro is going to be a free agent. I don't think they're going to be rushing to uh, to re-sign him, especially with how well as Mitch Garver has paid for them this year. Um, they will likely just let Castro walk. C.J. Cron has put together two good years in a row at first base. He's at his arbitration three, which I don't know why I said arbitration six. Ar- you have six years, but only three years of arbitration. But... Uh, he should be in for a good jump, but I still think they'd keep him. Uh, Jonathan Shoup is a free agent to be, but they have some internal options. Uh, we'll get into that when I talk about kind of the prospects because I think that's important. But uh, Marwin Gonzalez shifting to second with Miguel Sanio at, at third base probably makes the most sense. Uh, you know, the rest of the team, Polanco has a ridiculously team <coughs> team friendly contract, as does Max Kepler. Uh, Byron Buxton, I don't know, you know, if he can ever stay healthy, but man, if he could, it would be something for that team. But the main reason I wanted to look at all of this salary data is you get down to starting pitching, and the only starter they have right now who's guaranteed to be with them next year is Jose Barrios. Jake Odorizzi will be a free agent, and he will definitely get the qualifying offer. Kyle Gibson is a free agent. I don't know if he gets a qualifying off, off, offer. Michael Pineda, going to be a free agent, does not get the qualifying offer. Martin Perez, they only owe him $7.5 so I think they will probably opt in on that. But this is a Twins team that all of a sudden could be lose three-fifths of their rotation. Um, it's not... You know, if you are... A Twins fan, that's that's kind of worst-case scenario, right? That's that's what you fear at night, is that you lose all of that rotationary pieces. Um, depending on how many guys they offer arbitration to, it, it, they could have a heck of a draft next year in terms of owed draft picks. But they, you know, they're a team that we very much talk about, oh, you know, the, the future is now, uh, but it's also still going into the future. That doesn't make any sense. But you know what I mean, that they're they're kind of ahead of schedule. But I this issue I see with the Twins in general, this whole idea of, oh, they're ahead of schedule, it's just going to get better. Royce Lewis is fantastic. Eric's, Alex Kirilov, Trevor Larnock should be great corner outfield, you know, good corner outfielders. Uh, we saw Bruce Bruce Starr, Greta Tall. I mean, most people are feeling he's more of a reliever now. He's kind of moving down things. Um, Johan Duran is kind of there. Their next big prospect, and then after that, 
you know, as I'm going through, the, the point here is they don't have pitching, like, at all. Their system is very, very, very low on pitching prospects, and they are not a team that can really stand to lose that many pitchers or recover. Um, filling in those spots is going to be absolutely brutal for the Twins, and that could be a situation that, uh, you know, you look at the Twins and their long-term sustainability, it's going to be what they can do in terms of pitching. Um I wouldn't say they were lucky. I mean, the Yoda Rizzi deal has worked out fantastically for them. Um, the CJ Cron for free deal. They've made a lot. Their free agent signings were, I mean, Nelson Cruz, what he has done, and what, uh, you know, uh, Marwin, I think, has maybe been a little bit disappointing, but he's still such a good player that if you're going to complain, you should probably just stop. But, yeah, it's a team where you look across it, and the free agent money they they've spent wisely they have a wealth of hitters but the pitching is going to be the question uh speaking of nelson cruz if you're curious he has a 12 million dollar option for next year you're foolish if you don't pick up an option that is that cheap so he will definitely be returning to the twins um you know maybe some of these bullpen arms they can try and stretch out but the bullpen has been an issue all year so i don't know about that um yeah it's an interesting thing to watch like uh before anyone goes anointing the twins i would really strongly look at what they do in terms of pitching this offseason because they're in a team like i mean uh, people wanted to anoint the twins a few years ago when they first kind of jumped up and had that uh playoff year before they fell back so just keep that in mind um i would still i won't be surprised at all let me put it this way, if the forecasting for next year favors the Indians over the Twins, I would not be surprised one iota if that is the case. If you want a memory that lasts a lifetime, go over to Vivid Seats. They have uh, seats to your favorite uh, events. Use the promo code KICKOFF and you can get up to a $100 discount. Uh, Postmates has been a fantastic, constant uh, sponsor for us, and the way you can help out this show and help yourself out is to go download the Postmates app and use the promo code locked on. You'll get a hundred dollars worth of free deliveries in the first seven days. Postmates delivers anything you want, anytime, anywhere. That's their mod motto motto yeah. motto. I apparently cannot speak this evening. That is their motto. It's a fantastic service. I use it. It's where I live. It's great. I can get anything delivered to my door if I've had a long day at work and I just don't feel like going out. So if you have those days and you just want to take a break, treat yourself. Download Postmates.com, use that promo code locked on, and get $100 in free delivery in your first seven days. So I think it's now time to discuss one of my favorite players, and that's Yandy Diaz. So Yandy Diaz has only appeared in 78 games for the Rays this year. He has a 118 weighted uh runs created plus a 344 weighted on base average just to give you a play an idea of where that would rank among the indians now again he doesn't qualify in stat categories he just hasn't played enough but that 118 would be fourth best on the indians uh most people probably could guess carlos santana and francisco lindor are ahead of him you may not realize that jordan luplo is actually second on the indians with a 130 uh runs created plus his injury and the time he missed is one of those underrated storylines that uh, probably didn't get as much run or attention as it should have because he has just been phenomenal in his role. Um, 
I hammered that deal, and I was an idiot. <laughs> that was a great move the Indians made. Uh, basically, I've learned trust the front office when they make trades. Uh, I don't always trust Tito's decision, but I trust that front office when they are making, uh, maneuvering and making trades. You look at the rest of this Indians team, Mike Freeman's at a 104, and I mean, that's in a very small sample size. Naquin was at a 100. He was average before his injury. Jose Ramirez is working his way up. He was at a 99. And then also just right around there, Roberto Perez and Oscar Mercado are both 97s. Puig is a 96. Brad Miller, 92, still there before the drop down to Kipnis. Um, I still don't think we'll see a return to Jason Kipnis next year. I don't think the front office will allow it. I think with Nolan Jones so ready to come back, uh, so ready to debut at some point next year, we will see, you know, Chang and Arroyo battling until that time comes. But uh, yeah, uh, in in terms of weighted on base percentage or weighted on base average, uh, we said that Yandi was a three forty four this year. Uh, for some reason, it's taking a second to think. 344 would be good for fifth best on the Indians. Uh, the only guys ahead of him, Santana, Luplo, uh, Lindor. I'm sorry, it'd be fourth. Yeah, I think I said. So it's, you know, those are the three guys who really have performed. And and the fun thing about Luplo is he's the only, he's 25. He's the same age as Lindor. Uh, he's the young guy the Indians are going to have. And, uh, just don't discount him as part of the core. I mean, he is limited because he's a platoon bat, but he does that so well that uh, it, it's legitimate value. So, yeah, if you're... I, I don't get people out there who are still hating on Yandy Diaz. He, he had a phenomenal year before injury. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Yasiel Puig. Um, a lot of people want the Indians, at uh, when the Indians went out and got Puig, to not pick up... Um, Kluber's option and to re-sign Puig. What Puig has done is uh, he's got a better WRC plus right now for the month of September and October of 109. He was at a 90 in August. In July, he was at a 119. Um, but the Indians really didn't get to take advantage of that because they acquired him at the deadline. So he really didn't keep that torrid pace going through August. And the second half, he's down to a 90, which is below league average um defensively he's never really graded super well so yeah i mean like i love the personality of puig um i love the tools but i'm i'm totally ready for daniel johnson at this point um that's just kind of my point of bringing that up so one of the things with the indians and their current play is it sets up for people to ask me about the draft because it's been a while since the indians had a haven't made the playoffs and a quirk of the mlb is it's totally based on your uh record so last year the indians picked 24th this year they are on pace to pick 23rd uh milwaukee chicago washington st louis all four of those teams um well they can't all make the playoffs but three of three out of those four teams are going to make the playoffs and they all pick ahead of the Indians because they all have worse records. Uh, the Indians have, I don't know if I want to say it's unfortunate that they're in the American league. They've feasted on the bad teams, of the AL central. Well, the NL central has three of those four teams I mentioned, and they've just beat each other up all year. But because of that, 
you know, it's not one of those things where the NFL where everyone who didn't make it are the first 20 picks and then we go to our playoff teams. No, the Indians um, would pick 23rd, so just a spot better than a year ago. And if you look at the luxury tax stuff, Boston, their pick fell back 10 spots from a year ago because of the fact that uh, they were like $40 million over the luxury tax. I mean, they were the only team that did that, and they won the World Series. Maybe there's a correlation there. But I don't. while there are three teams currently over, um, none of them are so agrarious. No, not agrarious. That would be a farming uh, culture. None of them are so agrarious that... Uh, I still can't say the word. None of them are so bad that they would get that penalty. And the new rules no longer lose first-round picks for signing free agents, so that's not going to affect anything. And the Indians are in a situation where um, really 24 seems 23-24 seems very likely where they will pick in next year's draft. There's just enough of a gap either direction, up or down, that that seems to be the spot. I thought last year's draft was very shallow, Next year's draft is, at this point in time, looking incredibly deep, especially at college arms. I mean, I think I had 20-plus college arms on my initial list. I think it was close to, like, 25 that are at least under first-round grade consideration. Now, the Indians have gone purely for ceiling and upside, but there's a lot of interesting prep arms as well if they continue to go that way. So there's a little little bit of draft stuff as we push ahead um, and enjoy the end of this season. So we're setting up for the rest of the week. We have the Tigers ahead again. While the Indians are facing the Tigers' two best pitchers the next two days, uh, this has to be a sweep. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They have to sweep the Tigers. Philadelphia has been scuffling. They did not play tonight. They're one of the few teams that did not play that have enough direct effect on the Indians. But uh, the Indians need to take two out of three. Five out of six is what they have to do to stay in this playoff race. I'm not talking about the division. I just mean stay in the playoff race. They're currently down to, I think, somewhere between 34 to 38% chance to make the playoffs on by most projections. So the odds are against them. We need to see the top-level performance. Um, even if they don't make it, overcoming the injuries they've overcome, along with just the great run of the last few years, for a team to make the playoffs that many times in a row is something to be appreciated. Uh, people have been annoyed with the Indians and a view, a view of them choking against the Yankees and the Red Sox, and I'm not going to go into those series at this point, but at the end of the day, when you're a Cleveland fan, outside of a LeBron Cavaliers, no team has had a run like this and since when? I mean, that's that's really the question in my book. It's been a very long time since we had a team that was a perennial playoff contender that did not involve LeBron James. I want to thank everyone for listening, for rating and reviewing, uh, for giving me feedback. All of that stuff is fantastic and helps this show continue to grow. And as always, go Tribe.